Welcome to the Carry On Podcast with Carrie Lloyd. Carrie is a published author of two books, The Virgin Monologues and Prude, and has written for countless publications and blogs. She is also a teacher and pastor and has taken her message of virtue, hope, and the art of being noble to thousands in person. And now, the Carry On Podcast with Carrie Lloyd. My name is Carrie Lloyd, and um, finally she's getting her words onto uh, the audio capacity of the cyberspace world. So um, I'm going to be covering all manner of subjects, and not just about sex and relationships like I used to. Now we're going into the world of humans in general, and uh, just why we do what we do. And uh, I am a spiritual person, I am a Christian, um, and I do like to talk about faith and love and everything in between. So um, welcome to Carrie Lloyd Podcast. I'm here with my gorgeous friend, Tanasha. Should we give you, should we give full names? Ah! Do we give full names? Do it. Do, how do you want to be known as? Tanasha Lorraine. Oh, Tanasha, okay, because I thought it was, a, it's different on the system, but basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my government name. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> Tanasha was my student last year, and uh, one of my absolute favourites, she, she literally has the most astonishing ability to communicate about racial reconciliation. She's beautiful, like stunning and beautiful. I want to be her. And so in this, she's going to cry. And that's allowed because we don't edit on this show. So we just let all the feelings come out. Um, but I wanted to get to Nash on the show. She's one of my first to record. And the reason why I want her on the show is because she is the best at negotiating in regards to racial reconciliation, at least from what I've seen. Goodness, I've got some stuff to live up to now. I'm pull out some uh, uh, my pockets. She'll be president in about um, 20 years' time. So, um, oh, boring. So just, just, just tell us a little bit about your background, why racial reconciliation is so on your heart, and we'll go from there. Yeah. You know, it's funny, it kind of slapped me in my face one day, uh, because I, I grew up in Oklahoma, so it's the Midwest, but it's, ma- it's basically Southern culture, and I had my own personal experiences with racism, but growing up, you just learn how to deal with those things, being a black person in America, excuse me, in the United States of America, and I... <laughs> I'm, I'm being dealt with on that Thank right you. now. We Thank don't you. own America. But anyway, <laughs> you know, a little bit of... Anyways, I'm going to go on. So, I, but growing up, my mom wanted to find out more about, like, our heritage, our story, our bloodline in this nation. Yeah. And she went on a journey just to pursue information about it. And I just so happened to be born underneath her and a child at the time that she got this wind for discovery. So she would take us to plantations and abolitionist oh. homes and um, presidents' homes and, you know, underground railroads. I don't know how many places along the underground railroad that I've actually been to now. Uh, and just getting the rich history. Now, I was a child at the time, so I'm just thinking, can we go to a roller coaster, please? Like, I just, <laughs> I just need a theme park. Right. But my mom was like, no, this is vacation. I'm like, this is a field trip. Um, there's a difference. But I love her because I see it in hindsight now how yeah. I was actually being groomed for this. Because when I got to college, there were some racial things that happened that rose up this kind of justice thing in me. And I didn't necessarily have the articulation for it. Mm. I didn't. I was, I was kind of discovering and I kind of started to feel the pain of it because it was now really towards me. And then when I got to Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry... You know, this is the place where you get all the calls. <laughs> God gives you all the calls. And um, there was one day I was actually in my room during first year, and I was praying, just just praying out to the Lord. And I was actually praying in the Spirit. And out of me praying in the Spirit, a sentence came out of me in English saying, and who has the mantle of Dr. King? 
and it freaked me out. I stopped the press and said, wait a minute now. <laughs> you gotta you gotta let me know if we're starting to have those types of conversations. Right. I didn't know that was in me. Right. And he started to burn this in me, like just kind of sear it on my heart over the course of the next year, showing me that it's beyond just the black community actually stepping into the fullness of who she is. It's actually the white brother and the black brother finally being crowned with right. brotherhood in this nation. Wow. So I'm I'm so eager to see it unfold. It's actually unfolding right now. Most people are, you know, kind of scared about what's going on. They think yeah. it's gotten worse and it's actually just being shaken up to the surface so that he can just sift off Wow. The dirt. He can sift off the fluff. He can sift off what... It's not, it's the, like the word says, he's shaking what can be shaken so that what can't be shaken will mm. remain. So we're in the shaking right now, but it's you happening. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? Because everyone seems to think that the racial race or racism is increasing and getting worse. Yeah. And yet, um, statistics are showing that in this year, we've had 760 shootings. Only nine were of unarmed black people. So I, I don't know what's happening in the sense yeah. of, like, why do we think there's more racism? I, I, it's been there all along. Yeah. I, as a white person, have not had huge amounts of... I've been lucky, right? I haven't had that kind of prejudice. I've had prejudice in different ways, in the fact mm-hmm. that I've been a Christian, mm-hmm. or I've had it in the sense that I dated a Pakistani and I wasn't allowed to hold hands with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wow. there's the flip side of the fact my my dad was um, had to go to court. He had a, a charity that... Um, Basically, this is like 20 years ago. I was a young tot when this happened. But my um, my father was taken to court by a black woman because he dismissed her. And it was down to the to the way that she was working. But she mm. was accusing him of racism. Mm. And my dad was just mortified. It was probably one of the most stressful times of his life because that's not at all what this was about. Yeah. And so I kind of want... I'm, I'm going to be picking your brains really about how, how do we do this? Because the two things that I'm seeing at the moment, one is... Um, we're all reacting, we're not responding. We're doing these things in the hope that that's a signified state of protest, but how effective are those protests actually doing, whether it's the riots or whether it's the kneeling down? Like, I'm I'm so for what Martin Luther King did, and did you know that my mum had met him? I didn't! (laughs) So, well, I say met him, looked at him and smiled. Um, (laughs) Look, that's closer than we got, so I'm I'm it Um, but she was at the World Baptist Union Conference, and um, this was a year after the whole, after um, everything had sort of taken place in regards to 1963, 1964. Okay. That so right around era. the time the Civil Rights Bill was exactly. passed. Exactly. Okay. So, so essentially, Martin Luther King was on and up, but there was still a lot of work to do. Yes. And my mum had literally walked past it, but she'd gone to the restroom. She'd come back. This is in Florida. My mum is walking past, and she feels, and my mum's. She carries peace like I've never seen, mm-hmm. and I wish I had it, but not quite so much. And <laughs> but because there's all the demonic activity happens all yeah. <laughs> because she's so peaceful, it's she so is. violent in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But what's so fascinating is that um, she feels this thing that she doesn't normally feel on people, mm-hmm. but it, when she feels it, she stops and looks to see who's got it because she knows that there's something in the secret place, something in the prayer life. Wow. And she turns around and she sees Martin Luther King in the corner, and she, he just smiles to her. Wow. And I'm like, what I love what is that moment. she felt peace on him, but he also smiles at a white woman after everything that he's just gone through in yeah. this entire time. So I'm like, there's something on Martin Luther King mm-hmm. that carried honor and appreciation for the person in front. And then there are people like Ben Shapiro that are turning around going, um, this, is a, this is a culture issue, not a race issue. 
So I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. trying to work out like how do we do this so we're not reacting but we're actually starting to respond. Well, we have to actually look at what like what's the root of the issue here? Right. Because the the racism is a symptom. It's okay. not actually the root problem. Okay. Disconnection is the root problem, and the way we're disconnected is through racism. Oh, that's good. But and even beyond that, it's it's. I don't want to say this because a lot of people, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> capitalism right. in the United States is right. huge behind it because it ha- you in order for capitalism to thrive, there has to be someone inferior. Huh. In order for competition to work. Oh, oh my. <laughs> the spirit's here. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, you, if you look at like the kingdom, you look at the parable of the talents, you don't see competition yeah. in the parable of the talents. Yeah. You, you, see, you see individuals thriving, but you don't see competition. You see consequences for someone not taking fullness into what they've wow. been given, but you don't see competition. In order for competition to actually thrive, someone has to be inferior. So it's easy to put people into a group right. and push the group down okay. in order for you to thrive. So when you look at like, where we are today. It's a very different day than Dr. King's day. I love what Dr. King did because he started almost like he was the Moses movement. And even the day before he was assassinated, he prophesied his own death and he used Moses rhetoric. I've been to the promised land. Yeah. I've I've been to the mountaintop, excuse me. I looked over and I've seen the promised land and I may not get there with you. Literally words that came out of his mouth the night before he was killed. And you look at now this generation, and we're talking about we're the Jesus movement. We're, this is the Joshua's, right? We're yeah. going to inherit that promised land. So there's a lot of what he was tilling to get us to this point because it's not about me finally embracing your skin color. It's about me finally embracing your spirit. Wow. It's about me actually being connected with you and not creating boxes where I can discard you so that I yeah. can lift myself up, yeah. whether it be because of fear, because of greed, because of pride, because of whatever, yeah. but like actually acknowledging, no, I need to, I need to see you as a brother at the table. Okay. So a lot of what's going on even right now in this generation, because you look at all of the things that are happening and we, you can't really measure the racism, yet the racism meter is like, shooting through the roof. Yeah. It's like crazy. Everyone right now is is reacting to this this thing in the air and what I really believe is happening is God is unveiling something and he's mm. saying you will deal with this in this generation. Wow. He told me in 2016, he said in 3 years this nation will repent for slavery. And Ooh. he told me not just down, not just um, repenting as an apology but actually repenting, changing the thinking, and it actually being present in the way we educate our children about slavery, the atrocities of slavery, and what happened thereafter with Jim Crow, with with the KKK on the rise, with the incarceration, with all of this stuff. Um, And when I looked that up, when when I stopped and thought about it, 2016, three years from then, would be 2019. That's 400 years since slavery first started in this country. It's like there's something happening right now in yeah. this time yeah. that actually has nothing to do with this person's attitude and this person calling this person the N-word. It has yeah. everything to do with the father sitting on the throne saying, you're going to finally be brothers under the spirit of adoption. Because Dr. King got you equal justice okay. through the law coming down, that yeah. Moses rhetoric. But it's only the spirit of adoption that can actually make you brothers. Yeah. That can actually say, I'm crying out, Abba Father. I'm crying out, Abba Father. You look across the table. We both got the same daddy. <laughs> we, we need to be brothers here. Yeah. Because we have not, like, 
we have not actually stepped into that here. Yeah. Blacks have been the ugly stepsister, ugly stepbrother. We don't know what to do with ourselves. We don't know, we, even our name, we don't have a very consistent identity. We've had name changes over all these years. It's, yeah. it's a clue to people. We're looking, we're trying to find our identity because it was stolen. And we didn't get to, like the children of Israel, leave Egypt's land. We didn't yeah. get to leave Pharaoh's land. We, yeah. we had to stay here. And so it evolved over time. The level of oppression and the, the methods of oppression have evolved. And so we're going, can we just be seen and embraced, not yeah. just equal on the paper, yeah. but equal in your eyes? Like It's different than coming in saying you'll get equal pay versus, no, come in, I actually see you as a brother. And that's, I mean, the definition of reconciliation is actually, it means to change to the same position. And yeah. what's happening in this nation, actually, it's, it's weird to say it. It's happening through the ministry of reconciliation, mm. but it's not actually reconciliation because that re at the beginning of mm. reconciliation means to do again. Yeah. It's never been done for the first time. So how are we going to do it? <laughs> first, we have to actually look at the pain. Right. We have to actually process the pain. But what you hear is a number one narrative um, that's happening in the, in the United States right now is we just need to move on. We need to move forward. That was so many years ago. Yeah. Like you hear that right there? You don't want to look at the pain. Ooh, mm. you want to discard it. No, you need to actually look at this. Right. No one's saying dwell there. Yeah. And I'm actually writing a book right now. It's a poetry book called Crowned with Brotherhood. Huh. The first poem in the book to kind of set, set people's hearts to get ready for what's in the book. Um, it's called Your Granddaddy's Shoes. Mm. And it's about taking off your granddaddy's shoes because they don't fit you. Mm. The, that, the, they're too big. They're too clunky. They're, they're too dirty. They're too ugly. Mm. They don't fit you. I need you to take off your granddaddy's shoes. All that shame, take that off. All mm. that guilt, take that off. All that brokenness, all of that um, unforgiveness, take that off. Come sit at the table. Let's eat. Mm. Like that, that to get people's hearts ready because mm. we have two things happening. On the white side, we have individuals that are thinking that in order to look at the pain, that means I have to pick up guilt and shame. No, honey, that, that guilt yeah. and shame is not yours. Why yeah. are you putting on your granddaddy's shoes? Your granddaddy right. did that. But we still need you to look at the pain of it, but right. you don't have to pick that stuff up. Blacks, come on now, put down the unforgiveness, put down the bitterness, yeah. put down the brokenness. That's not yours, because under the spirit of adoption, honey, you're made whole. So, so we have to actually look at the pain of it process it mm. Let, allow it to sit with us allow ourselves to process it and push through it for the sake of connection you can't discard it and think you'll connect that's not what reconciliation actually okay. is i have to actually change to the same position meaning i have to acknowledge what position you just came from to get to this position with yeah me. so how do i mm -hmm. the naive white girl that i am or is essentially <laughs> is essentially how we're and i think sometimes um, when I'm when I'm online and I'm on Facebook and I'm seeing a lot of Facebook status, it's a lot of opinions. It's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of opinions based on feelings, based on their own personal experiences. Yeah. And then we blanket statement a lot of scenarios, if yeah. that makes sense, in mm -hmm. these moments. And so for me, I'm almost, I'm so overwhelmed by so much commentary. But such little action. Yes. That I'm like, okay, so what, what, what am I? What can I, as a white person, actually do to help? Yeah. Because, because I mean, I'm happy to go on a protest. I'm happy to walk wherever you need right. me to walk. I'm, I'm. If I say I've got tons of black friends, <laughs> then that looks like I'm trying to be trendy. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. So mm -hmm. Now I'm in this. Like, so what do I actually have to do? What do? What do you want from us? I remember I, I shared with Tanasha about having a dream. Um, a year ago and I dreamt that I was in a forest and I think that's just to do with nature and just the feeling of it and just the organicness of 
being out in the wilderness and there were 12 chairs and there were basins at the bottom of them and white people washing the feet of my black students. That's, that's the dream that I had and that was the vision that I had. And I'm like, I know that the Lord's on this reconciliation without question. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yet the, the majority of the world are just fighting and they're arguing with their opinions and anger and opinions never really get us anywhere. Never. Modeling yeah. does something different, mm-hmm. I would say. And then, of course, I've got, I've got my, my black friend who married a white man and they've had um, two beautiful children. One of mm. them is my goddaughter. Mm. And I'm like, I'm trying to learn. I'm researching as much as I can outside of what my normal scope would be. Yeah. Just so that I can know how to talk and guide Quinn when she's, as she's growing older. Yeah. So she's going to be in a whole new journey of what does it look like to be... Um, to be mixed raced yeah you were saying about our names keep changing and i'm like yeah they do mm. and yet i'm not sure i'm not sure how what we do yeah. and, and i feel useless and i feel helpless and i want to i want to have moments mm. with um all this fear that is that is palp- palpitating the the gun crime that is happening with the police and mm-hmm. black people and mm-hmm. it's there's a fear behind it mm-hmm. they shoot before they before they think because mm-hmm. they're, they're, there's all of this anger and and just irate response that I'm like, how are we going to change this around, man? Yeah. Whew. It feels, when you look at it, it feels overwhelming. Yeah. But the first thing to actually do in your mind is to repent that it's overwhelming. Like, okay. repent from that thought. So I need like, to repent right now. Uh, <laughs> repent for the kingdom of heaven uh-huh, is at hand. No. <laughs> like, Lord, but to, to change our thinking that, you know what? It's not overwhelming. Like, it may okay. feel overwhelming, but the reality is he actually has already had this orchestrated. Okay. I get to walk out a piece of this. Right. Um, it's what I have to do daily, like, literally, because sometimes I feel it crawling up in my oh, bed. Wow. And I don't want to get out of bed. Um, but, like, that's the first thought. And then second, because it's actually the ministry of reconnecting, yeah. that is at the core of it. Actually pushing past the opinion, pushing past the drama, pushing past what media is splashing up, pushing past even the frequency of these issues yeah. and and going, who who's around me that I can connect with? How can I get involved and connect with people in my community? Okay. How can I actually initiate connection yeah. as well? Because what is happening as a burnout to a lot of a lot of blacks is we've been initiating conversation on this for a long time wow. and we're at a point where we're like we're always the one trying to bring the solution to yeah. this but yet we're, we're what can we do it actually has to be both both yeah. must change to the same position not just one trying to convince you to change yeah. trying to convince you to turn so it's first an inward journey of like researching, reading, yeah. re- you know, some things that I even recommend because this thing goes very deep what would you in the recommend? conditioning of America. I'd recommend the documentary 13th. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, by Ava DuVernay, yeah. incredible director. She directed Selma. She's one of my female sheroes right now um, in Hollywood, but just incredible film showing how the conditioning of seeing blacks as inferior or demonized or they're the, they're the one that's the, like as a threat, yeah. how that actually has turned into an entire industry that is profiting off of them being in a prison. Wow. And it, how it's literally the new slavery. Okay. Um, you know, we're, sex trafficking right now is something that God is certainly on as well, like setting captives free. Yeah. And then this is an area that's incognito. Yeah, it's like wait, we need to set them free mm-hmm. as well, like because they're the 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 rate that they're being locked up for some of these nonviolent crimes is just crazy. 
Yeah. It's absolutely crazy, but it's rooted in how I see you as an individual because I don't understand you. Wow. And I don't understand you because I'm not connected to you. Wow. So at the core of it, we have to actually pursue connection. What I see a lot of individuals doing is they pursue isolation first to craft the perfect message. Mm. so that they can present the perfect angle so that they don't offend anyone to prove to the world I'm yeah. for you yeah. when really it's not about it's not about uh, what you're putting out in your sound right now it's about what you're putting out in your touch right now okay like we want to feel you not just hear you and because what does we can that look like tangibly what does that look tangibly like? right now it looks like who's in your circle that's black and reach out to them and go can we get some coffee yeah. Like on a very practical level. Yeah. There's um, one of my friends, his name is uh, Taylor Doe in Oklahoma City. He started a, um, uh, with a couple of other individuals, this thing called Dinner Table OKC. And they put it out there for the community to submit and write in um, if they want to actually sit down at a dinner table with one another wow. to discuss this in a safe place. And so people from all over the city will just, well, they'll, they'll sign up via um, the website with their emails and the information and the information gets sent out to them and they have individuals creating a safe place mm. and facilitating conversation around these topics because yeah. people are coming and going, I really don't know, but I want to know. And there are a lot of individuals that are humble right now that wow. actually want to see people for who they are. Yeah. And if that's your heart, then you've got to actually start initiating connection. And the second so, thing yeah. is don't be afraid of the mess. Yeah. Because it's messy when you connect. It's com yeah. it's messy when you start to get intimate yeah. with individuals yeah. in a place where there's a lot of pain. Yeah. I mean, look at the the bedroom of newlyweds. <laughs> yeah. Like it's messy when you become <laughs> one, when you're yeah. finally crowned in yeah. in a familial sense with one another. Yeah. It's it, and so it can't look perfect. It's not going to be neat. And it's yeah. not going to be super fast, although I think God's hand will speed some things up. But Dr. King started in, in, in 1955, and the Civil Rights Bill was not passed until 1964. Yeah. It's nine yeah. years. Yeah. Like, are you in it? Or is it just yeah, trending totally. on your social media? That's That makes perfect sense. So You were just a trend for my podcast. Oh. We're over it next week. Okay. I'm, well, you I'm know, moving on to being I'm single. Fine. Week. I'll just, just make sure you give me the uh, <laughs> the audio and I'll just do with it what I need to do. No. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this because I thought, well, if I'm going to do podcasts, how can I use it for the better of something else? Mm, and, it's really good. You know, I just love listening to Martin Luther King back in the day and obviously realizing we're in such a different movement and yet mm -hmm. we're in the same. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. it's just, um, for me, I, I, I the other thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was... Do you remember, I mean, one of the things, you and I had a conversation, we were driving down to Los Angeles, hmm. and we were talking about your heart for racial reconciliation, and I, and we were just talking about our own journey with that, hmm. and um, that weekend, we go, completely unplanned, the, the next day, hmm. we're talking about the importance of being vulnerable, so what I loved about you is that you were so vulnerable in the process, talking about the trials and tribulations of all that you sort of venture for and run after in social justice. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm talking to you about the beauty of, this is when, when I had my pastor hat on and, yeah. you know, and I'm like, the beauty of you being vulnerable, I think you don't recognize the power of what you have in that moment. And mm -hmm. when there is vulnerability, it breaks off this fear of someone else being anger in, in anger towards us without us really knowing. Yeah. And then at the same time, there's this part of us that, I don't know, there's a compassion that starts to overtake. Yeah. And I think, I know when, I, when I'm when i in a, 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 some brave communication with someone, there's nothing like a set of tears that will people go, oh, I didn't realise you actually... <laughs> <laughs> you really do care. Oh, you actually... <laughs> oh, the anger was not... Oh, you actually are upset. So, mm. 
So I remember talking to you about the, the power of your vulnerability in that journey. And um, yeah. we're scared to be vulnerable because it, it exposes us, but also it makes it, it feels like we're putting it in a much more weak position than being angry. Mm. But then I remember the following night, we go to this random worship night that was supposed to be with artists from the industry. No one turned up, and we literally had 10 people that were, um, had randomly just rocked up to this place. They'd obviously been invited on a mass email, but there were 10 of them that had come from a broken church movement, a split yeah. church movement, and some people hadn't seen each other for 17 years yeah. until this night. Yeah. And we're getting these words, right? And I remember just the, the word 17 and that was obviously 17 was representing the 17 years they hadn't spoken to mm. each other they start calling out the names of other people and start forgiving yeah, and, and feeling name. repentant of how they'd been and I remember turning to you and you were in tears I was a mess <laughs> I learned a lot about myself that night because I'm so normally powerful. very put together I know, I know. but I was a mop I know, and I even said to them, I was like, guys, you know, the Santa Nash never cries, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story. So there was like this, this wild moment that I feel like that, what did that do for you that night? Watching reconciliation happen, not on a, um, a a sort of prejudice between whites and blacks or anything like that. It was actually more about just dysfunction in the church and how people after 17 years had finally reconciled that night. It was so, I can't tell you. It was beautiful. I mean, it was so thick in the atmosphere there too. I think what touched me more than anything was that the only reason why people cared about what went wrong was because they valued reconnecting at such a high level. That's good. Like at the core of it, it was like, I don't care what we need to do. We need to get back together. We got to do what we got to do to get back together. And you saw them desiring on almost a like it was a visceral level like mm. desiring to be one again wasn't it wild as well because they were all so much older these were the guys that yeah. had written vineyard music and yeah. music that had just um just everyone had been brought up with and they were older they were the ones that would have looked at us going what are you talking about you don't know anything like you haven't yeah. even lived life and yet they were humbling themselves, going, we thought we were cool, but then you guys are way cooler mm, than we That was beautiful. There was so much honoring oh, happening gosh. in the room. I think it was, they, they, had, they were able to treasure to yeah. what was, yeah. what was beautiful about what God created in that yeah. moment. And it was yeah. just seeing each other's faces, you could see that it became potent again for oh, them. Like, okay. <gasps> what, and then you start thinking about what could be, what yeah. could have been if we had only dot, dot, dot. Right. Uh, even when I think about what's happening in the United States, why we don't even really see a lot of compassion mm. is because we don't have those reference points. No, we don't know the fruits. I mean, we go, know yeah. it. As we pass it through yeah. students in, in, in our mm-hmm. journey, we know the power of compassion. We know the yeah. power of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I was literally reconciling two people this week. Oh, wow. And, and one had just deeply hurt the other in a relationship. And um, it was the most... While and months of just hurt and anger on both sides and falling into bitterness and all that kind of thing. And as soon as I see people fall into bitterness, then I'm like, we need to do an action plan right now yeah. because now we're going to start looking at the world in a completely different lens. Yeah, it's true. So I bought them in and it was super uncomfortable. They couldn't look each other in the eye, and I just got, I just timed it so that they could just share their hearts mm-hmm. without being interrupted. And there was this just powerful, as soon as they just humbled themselves and both in the moment, recognizing this must have been hurtful for you and this must have been hurtful for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. Then there was just this wild <laughs> sense of presence of the Lord. And it's something, but there's something about siblings fighting mm-hmm. that the father can't 
really get involved and we can't feel the father because we're so focused on fighting yeah. with each other exactly. and I, they were literally you know looking in each other's eyes and just feeling so remorseful and sore and crying to each other and they could oh, just hear me so in the background yeah. going just, it's so beautiful <laughs> yeah. it's like literally on this it's so beautiful so I yeah. don't think we get when we have a taster of what reconciliation can do and what lowering standard of like our anger looks like and just bringing compassion going there's a reason why people are mad yeah and we can so often react to the madness Mm -hmm. rather than rather than why are they doing it yeah that that i'm for me i'm like so so i remember our mutual friend alton was saying you know Mm -hmm. people need to have conversations we need to stop arguing we need to have conversations Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things the only times i've ever seen anything move forward is when I've seen people have conversations where they've listened to the hearts of, yeah. the, other, of the other side. Yeah. Um, and they've not made it about their own identity, yeah. but a desire for connection. A desire. I think, when I think and hear all of that as well, um, there's something about being childlike and also activating your imagination oh, in the yeah. process too. And God was on something with raising up a prophet like Dr. King to lead that movement because all he constantly did in the midst, because we don't have it that bad right now. Like, it's mm. bad. But it's not so much blatantly bad, you yeah. know, like where, I mean, I can go and I can sit with you in a restaurant and we can have an Praise entire day and it, and it not be a thing. But, you know, I was mentored by an individual where they, she had to take the NAACP youth to a drugstore in downtown Oklahoma City to sit with $5 begging for, oh no, because they did it with dignity, yeah. asking to be served Cokes right. and burgers only to be spat upon children. Cokes poured on them, pulled out of their seats. Children, you know, we're not in that day. But what Dr. King did do was with his prophecies, with his visual imagery that he would create through his speeches, he inspired hearts to picture something different Mm -hmm. than what it is now. Mm -hmm. And when you're angry, you only focus on what it is now. Yeah. You only focus on, and then, or either in the past, what you did to me, or how I'm mad right now. There, it shuts down your childlikeness to be able to dream what could be. Yeah. Like that's. I love how Dr. King's most famous speech was, "I have a dream." Yeah. It literally evokes in you like <gasps> the inspiration and the. It's just it sparks it ignites you to dream of something yeah. better to dream of something different to and then you want you have buy in at that point yeah. I believe this can happen and your faith gets activated yeah. and oh if the faith gets activated it's good as done <laughs> because faith is actual substance yeah, it's actual true. evidence of the yeah. unseen being made manifest yeah. so once you get your your childlikeness activated your imagination activated your belief on board mm-hmm. your faith in line it's as good as done. And I think we need some inspirational voices right now as well, yeah. which I, that would be another um, point that I would say something that we could do because Dr. King didn't get those things from just him sitting there going, I'm going to make up some narrative and we'll see what happens. He actually got that yeah. in the secret place. He yeah. actually interceded. He actually carried something and heaven just started dropping down the, the timeline. Oh, let mm-hmm. me show you. I'm going to fast forward Dr. King and I'm going to show mm-hmm. you, you know, chapter seven of the book. Yeah. Okay, you're on chapter two right now, but if you let them see what's coming, mm. give some foreshadow, you, people will keep reading. So they will keep reading. And we need individuals giving foreshadow right now, but you can't do the foreshadow if you don't know the story. Yeah. And so we need people actually in their secret places getting the story, connecting with, with the father on this. I do feel like there's something about, um, that I keep on going back to this honor thing and, and the crumbling of pride when you see someone like Martin Luther King be so honourable yeah. to anyone, it's it was never character defamating. It was there was no yeah. there was no attack on an, on a separate individual. Yeah. It was always an attack on 
the issue at hand. The principality. And so that's what I feel like is changing at the moment, is mm-hmm. we're getting so much more personal because we can do... You, you look at a Facebook status and you have just a tennis match of commentary underneath. And you're just like, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know who's yeah. now upset yeah. with who. And everyone's trying to fight it with their logic. Yeah. And it's not a logic issue. It's, it's a hard, a hard issue, issue, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so make sure that I connect and start asking questions like from yourself about what can we do? Mm-hmm. What else? What else can we um, do? Man, there's something about sharing meals mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Sharing meals, breaking bread, um, having real conversations, preparing before, before the conversation. Take it seriously. You know, yeah. have questions that you actually want. Share stories, exchange yeah. history. And even from the black side, I always tell black people, like, you're not the one that should be talking the entire time because you need to also know what they don't know. So ask questions mm-hmm. because then you can probably serve them in a better way to help bridge the gap if you know how far the divide actually is. But if you don't mm-hmm. ask questions to know what the divide is, yeah. then you're not actually changing to the same position. So you're just good. requiring them to change to yours. So good. So so it's, yeah, sitting down and having the conversations, educating yourself to understand that it's not just a blatant, oh, this person called me an N-word. You know, this is a dying off generation that just has yeah. a bad mindset. Yeah. But there's actually conditioning in how we think. And because people run systems, mm. how they think then runs the system. Yeah. And, and what's so crazy about it is it's, in, it's mostly in the subconscious. So people don't actually realize, like with the with police officers, it's mostly in their subconscious that they're yeah. shooting people very yeah. quickly. Yeah. It's not that they're blatantly racist. Like they're yeah. not. Most people, when you see, you see them instantly, they're remorseful. Yeah. You see that, yeah. that they they are f- fearful for what their consequence is going to be because something in them goes. Totally. I don't actually don't yeah. believe that. I don't want what I yeah. actually just did. If there's a con- an inner conflict, yeah. but what's in the subconscious? So fear needs to be repented of. But yeah. how do you actually repent of fear totally. when what you're fearing is the unknown? So you need. Absolutely. Light. It needs yeah. to come out of the darkness into the marvelous yeah. light. We need to study. We need yeah. to connect. Um, and we need to get in the secret place so that we can yeah. actually be- begin bringing an inspiring narrative from the Father. Wow. So we can start moving in His direction yeah. with His storyline, not our own logical reasoning storyline that we're trying to create right now. Wow. Because it's really just getting on board with what He's doing. Yeah. Not trying to create something that we want to do. Oh, I see this needs to be done. It, you know, kind of like how we feel with Hollywood. People want to go down and they want to take Hollywood. You know, we're going to take it back. Well, pause. No. Hollywood <laughs> it's the same. was there before you be- were born, darling. Before. So, well yes. before. Yeah. And there are individuals that have been tilling soil there well before you came on the scene. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with racial reconciliation. Just because you see that it needs to happen doesn't mean that you should have this takeover min- mindset with it. You actually need to humble yeah. yourself and then get on board with what's already being done in eternity. Well, that's what I love about what you're saying. You're talking about your friend uh, kind of opening up an invite for conversation and dinners. Yeah. And I'll finish with this. One of the things I really loved was um, my, um, my friend and intern this year uh, he's a wonderful Fergie, suffers from dwarfism. Mm. So all his life has been bullied. And mm. he married this beautiful woman who um, is also suffers from dwarfism. And I loved him because it was dwarfism month in October. Mm. And what he did, he wrote on Facebook, listen, it's dwarfism month and I'm so happy to answer any question that you have. Nothing will offend me. And it was the most powerful thing to watch like so many people asking questions going thanks so much for like finding mm-hmm. it because people were just scared of mentioning it or scared of referencing the fact that he's dwarf yeah. or scared of yeah so i literally as i was taking him on as an as a as a student for me this year i sat down going can i just ask you all the uncomfortable questions because mm-hmm. i want to know i don't i don't want to um 
egg walk on eggshells around you yeah, that's good in this journey because let's face it I'm, I, 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 you can't reach my top shelf of books yeah. and <laughs> and one of the things yeah. I turned around to and he said actually yeah, that's probably one of the hardest things about being <laughs> and so we had this Love kind it. of great conversation yeah. and so he said yeah there are times where I'm like walking through a crowded room and I'm elbowed in the face and I'm like well that's awful so now Ooh. I'm like walk behind me if, if we're together I'm like walk behind me and I'll make sure that no do you yeah, know what I mean it's these great. really sweet moments where he feels very covered in the journey Um, But I had to ask those awkward questions and he had to be an open heart to go, Mm -hmm. any question, I won't be offended. Mm -hmm. And it's this fear of being offensive or fear of being attacked. Yeah. Whether that comes down to police brutalities or it comes down to just ignorance on a a daily basis. Yeah. But I have to say, I love what you're doing in this environment and Mm -hmm. I love how you're just the sweet negotiator between really looking, I feel that on you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, I never, I never look at you is this beautiful black woman that's taking offence by it. I see mm-hmm. you as a woman that has a heart for social justice just like I do. Mm-hmm. And so um, all these different topics that we sort of cover in life, yeah. there's something about looking at the heart issue and mm-hmm. being able to stare at the person that once upon a time my granddaddy didn't do a great job, you know. Yeah, yeah. and it's beautiful that. what's happening. I mean, yeah. what's so beautiful about you and your student, the reason why that works yeah. is because you instantly, you both already have established I'm for you. yeah. I'm yeah. for you. Yeah. And that requires vulnerability to first establish that. And yeah. I think this nation will go leaps and bounds in this journey if we take our guards down and go, you know what? I'm for you. It's messy over here, yeah. but I'm for you. So let's figure out the mess together and never let that part falter. Like so never good. let that core thing falter. And I may offend you today, but if you remember that I'm for you yeah. and I'm listening to your heart and yeah. not your head as your head is trying to catch up. So to what it actually good. needs to be. So, Tanasha, you're a legend. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me on here. I'm so deeply honored. <laughs> was that your rendition? It was, it was my rendition of Carrie. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. More of this. Yes, please. Whether there's a microphone in front of us or not, I love Indeed. you. Thank you. Thank you. You're amazing. Thanks for checking into the Carrie Lloyd podcast. Um, if you loved it, share it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Carrie Gracie, Facebook at uh, Carrie Lloyd, and Twitter at Carrie Gracie. Um, we do have a website which is CarrieLloyd.net, and if you have any questions of any sort, um, then you can just email me at Carrie at CarrieLloyd.net.